0: Yes, welcome back to the tradies, Sam McClure and Mitch Cleary taking you through each week the trading, the buying and the selling of AFL players. Season 1, episode 15, starting to get cold. Mitch Cleary, welcome. It is. Hello, Sam. How good's the cricket been, by the way? Unbelievable. It's I've coming, been ripped by it. Yeah. It's been real stay up for as long as you can and then fall asleep. I have fall asleep on the couch every night. And do you find yourself back to bed or you just roll through on the night for the couch? Uh, mainly straight to bed. Yeah. I'm soft with sleep these days. Same.
1: I can't believe as I've got older how I used to be able to sleep through, uh, be awake till three or four. Now it's if I'm p- up past one a.m., it's uh, horrible next morning. One? Yeah. If
0: I'm up past eleven, <laughs> I'm ratchet the next morning. <laughs> I'm seriously. But having said that, I get up. I'm an early riser. So what time's your alarm? It was around 7 o'clock. Oh, that's that's amateur stuff. You need to be up earlier,
1: mate. But you're at the gym at what, 6? I'm, I'm a 5.05. It, it is hard, though, because we uh, finish every night at 7 p.m. I'm sorry. Do, do I finish early, do I? Oh, sorry. I'm, what, I'm, are you on
0: the tools at 7 a.m. as well? Uh, no. Well, you know, the never sleep, Mitch. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Hey, um, you've had a big week. Have I? Yeah, because I had a quiet weekend in, and I uh, made sure I watched 7 News on Saturday night. Yeah. And I was going to sit there and sort of cook dinner and wait for sport, you know, to see my man Mitch come on and then fall asleep during Saturday Scoop, um, <laughs> but no, no, they they promoted you off the top, and I think you were second story in general news. Back to you, back to your best, which is door stopping. Yep. So explain to the listeners that didn't watch. You had the umpire who was part of uh, the Brownlow Medal betting investigation, the scandal from last year. Yep. And he was back playing local footy, right? Back playing local footy. Okay, so
1: take us through it. In the EDFL for Hadfield. His name's Michael Powell. Last November, he was arrested on alleged Brownlow Medal leaking allegations. Huge story. Huge story. Still yet to be charged, by the way. Yep. So the police are still working on a brief that we expect to be due and complete in the next couple of months. They said August
0: or September, yep.
1: Yep. So obviously the Herald Sun reported that he was back playing footy. Right, so you said I'll go. I'll go. We haven't he- heard or seen from him in seven months. No one's really heard him speak ever. So I thought, how about we go and get him? And there he was walking into the footy and we, we got him on the weekend breaking his silence, essentially, talking about the toll of the last seven months has had on him personally. Couldn't talk about the charges, but I thought it was fair enough to, to go hear from him and see what he had to say. And how was the, the door stop? How, how how was the setup? Just, you're, you're a master of this. I was always told, Damien Barrett told me very early on, you've got to remember three questions and that's all you really got to remember. And if they want to start talking more, you've got to then sort of think on the spot as to what they've said in those yep. three answers. But all you've got to do is have three questions, nail them and you should be right. Okay. So he walked in, threw three questions at him, I sort of realized it was sort of going off a bit like it was it petering, out. petering out that's uh the correct english and i thought well that's that we've got our grabs and away we, we go it was just you yeah were there other people around or a couple of other people like players rocking up for games and things like that would have sort of seen it all but it's much easier when the person's just one-on-one walking in as opposed to a big crowd of people there's nothing worse than going to a footy club when you're trying to get one injured player or a suspended player or someone and there's a group of five or six players in one hit. Yeah, the odds of getting that one player you want to speak to in that group is very slim. Okay, so so where was this geographically? It was in Hadfield uh, at a local footy oval,
0: which is like near t- north of near Essendon area, north okay. of Melbourne. Right. Yeah. And so from Hadfield to the MCG, you go. Yes, went back Salade. to the office to write the
1: story yep. and package it all up. Did a piece to camera. My second. Piece the camera at a cop shop in the space of six days. We had the Marlon Pickett story the yep. start of the week. Very foreign territory for me.
0: No, you can do it all. Uh, the police station. So, so you, you do the story, then you go, because you're on Saturday night footy coverage. Yep. Saturday night, big game, Richmond St Kilda. Yes. Now, this is where I come in. Are you? Well, I have been- So you've cooked your dinner at this stage or? Um, I'm trying to work out what point did I take the steak out of the oven? Yeah, somewhere around seven. Stick in the oven. Oh, you gotta y I feel it. In the oven. Right. Oh yeah. You you sear it on each side. On the pan. On the pan, and then in the oven you oh Okay. What Pe- keeps the juices in? Absolutely. You've never done it in the oven? No. Oh Mitch. No, it's it's one of life's great treasures. Okay. Anyway, cooking aside. What do you pair it with? Uh I had some sweet potatoes. Yeah. A bit of rosemary, yeah. garlic a little bit of chili, um, and some broccolini. Beautiful. Perfect. Now, as I'm cooking, I'm having a couple of texts sent through. A couple of spies that I like to, you know, make sure you give them a bit of a Christmas card at the end of the year and look after them. And one of them said that they witnessed you in a failed doorstop (laughs) of Damien Hardwick. True or false? Partly true. (laughs) More so wasn't actually a
1: doorstop where I approached him with the camera and the mic. I actually went up to Damien and said, hey, we've seen you on the coverage. You're obviously here. First game back since you resigned. Can we get a quick grab?
0: So Because it was a, like they kept going. The, the yeah. coverage kept panning to him, which is fair enough. He's sitting yeah. there with his partner in front of a couple of greats themselves, Mick Moldhouse, Wayne Campbell, I think Brendan Gales. It's an illustrious group. He, yeah, yeah. Premierships and games and captaincies everywhere you look. Yeah. Okay, so you've gone up to him. Damien, we've seen you on the coverage and it was no. It was no, yeah. Really polite. Hey, thanks for asking, Mitch.
1: Understand he had a beer in his hand. A bit of growth on the beard. He hasn't needed to shave for a he few weeks. He looked great. It's hard not so to look relaxed. at him and smile. Yeah. How good. It's every Australian's dream, isn't it? Just to cruise out of their job, have six months off. So has it happened before you've gone up and asked for something and they've said no? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it happens a bit, doesn't it? It happens so often. And like I was getting to with the the group of people, when you <laughs> obviously someone around there has told you they've seen mm-hmm. me go up. But if it was just Damien... In the street, or if it was just him with the local footy,
0: mm. it might be a bit easier. But when there's a few others around, it makes it a little bit more difficult. So it reminded me of a story from a couple of years ago when I was in Perth for the finals. Yep. We're locked down in Victoria. I'm sorry for everyone that just got triggered. I hate using the L word. And Jake, Nile, and I are sharing an apartment in Cottesloe. Jeez, we've got to get some stories out of that apartment. So many. Anyway, we would literally, for those who don't know uh, Perth or, or Cottesloe, it's right on the water... And we were staying in the same street. Our balcony looked on to the Cottesloe Beach Hotel, which is the pub yep. in Cottesloe. So having dinner there, right? Writing stories, having a steak, having Beautiful a beer. Beautiful Sunday session. Having there. a beer. And I looked over the bar and looked back at Jake. I said, Jake, you ever seen Wedding Crashes? He's like, oh, yeah, great. Yeah, Vince Vaughn. Owen oh, Wilson, amazing movie, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I said, well, dude, one of the lead female actresses, Isla Fisher, she's sitting about oh. 20 metres to our right. I thought you said to Jake, hey- I'll be
1: Vince Vaughn, you'll be Alan Wilson, and let's go.
0: No, come on, Mitchell. And he looked over and went, that's not her. I went, Jake, due respect, that's Isla Fisher. Oh, no. And he went, well, go on, prove it. I went, what do you mean? He goes, well, go ask her for a photo. And I went, anyway, it's sort of like, you know, a bit of bravado kicked in. I was like, well, fine. I'll go up and I'll talk to Isla Fisher. So I walk up, she's sitting at the bar. She's wearing trackies and Ugg boots. Oh. Huh. Right, this is like one of the glamazons of Hollywood. And she's about five foot one, by the way. She's tiny. I walked up to her and I said, Isla, I'm really sorry. I never do this, but I'm here with a colleague. We're both from Melbourne. He didn't believe that it was you. I knew it was you. And she was really nice. She said, oh, that's very sweet. You know, thanks for coming over. Really appreciate it. And so I said, could I I get a photo? She went, Sam, you don't want a photo of me. I'm in trackies. I'm in Ugg boots. So she knew who you were? No, no, I introduced myself. Sorry. Come on. Big tradies fan, (laughs) pre-tradies. And she said, you know what this? Because- you're going to take a photo of me in my ug boots. You're probably going to put it on social media. Someone's going to send it on. It's eventually going to come, going to get picked up by a news outlet, and there's going to be a story about me <laughs> written. Isla Fisher having a pub meal <laughs> in Cottesloe in her ug boots. a Steve Smith without without makeup on. But she like the solo pub meal couldn't have been nicer about it. Yeah. And turns out she lives just up the road with Sacha Baron Cohen. In Her, her husband. Yeah, they live in Cottesloe. I had no idea. Neither did I. Wow. And then the story became that the AFL was trying to get Sasha Baron Cohen as part of the grand final entertainment. Yeah. But I believe that, and this is when I get a little bit loose here, but I believe the figures that he sort of quoted Uh. were a bit north of where the (laughs) AFL was looking to pay.
1: (laughs) Had to buy some more trackies. Are you big on the
0: solo pub meal? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So big. I did it recently. I did it at the Pran Hotel. Yep. Yep. Love it. I love the uh, solo. Glass of Pinot, solo pub meal. Wow.
1: Solo brekkie as well, like at the papers. Yep. AirPods in, listen a
0: bit of you know. What is talk your go? What radio. is your go-to breakfast meal at a cafe? You'd be a chili scramble sort of guy. Chili scramble, yeah, yeah. yeah How would yeah. you pick that? Well, I just because I know you. You? I know you. Uh, I chop and change. You know, whatever's good. Hey, uh, before we get into serious stuff, I wrote last week that talking footy's coming back. Are I didn't you, see that. Are you part of it? Here Not that go, I'm cause... aware of. Oh. <laughs> Isn't it uncomfortable when? You become the interviewee, <laughs> yeah. don't you reckon? I, Have you had any discussions with Channel 7 about a new football panel show coming back? No. None? None. Okay. Has it been talked about in the office? I've heard a few things here I see. There. Are you ready to go nine rounds in the ring with Tom Brown <laughs> to get the general role on that Why panel show? Why does it show? always come back to Tom and I? What, sorry, you're right. Kate should also be, be part of the Laura discussion. Laura Spurway, Andrew McCormack. It's a good, it's it's a nice, it's a great team stable at, seven, at news. seven news, isn't it? Just a pity nine news is a lot better. Um, let's move on. Before we get started, make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button so you don't miss a beat. And also make sure you rate and review the podcast. Also, just a shout out, apologies to the um, lots of listeners that, we've, that have been sending in voice messages that we haven't been able to get to. We're going to make a concerted effort in the coming weeks yep. to get to more of them. Um, we've also found that we're getting a lot of written messages that are hard to weave into the show all at once so if we could ask if you've got feedback if you've got questions if you've got stories particularly about Mitch please voice memo them in yep we would, we would really really like that and, and let us know if your voice memo has been working in the dating scene as well. oh please if you've had <laughs> if you've had something work on Tinder or Hinge or Bumble or what what else is it Raya is that yeah, apparently it's you're a, telling the story a dating app for famous for, for people that a certain ilk I don't yeah know. status is that right yeah I yeah, believe so. Yeah. If you were single, you'd definitely be on Raya. <laughs> Please voice memo them in. But let's get to the whiteboard because there's a couple of big names that we want to mention. I think you've got a freshie for us, Mitch. Fresh name at Melbourne Footy Club and some fresh news off the
1: top. Adam Tomlinson has been dropped for this week's game against Whoa. Geelong on Thursday. Hang on. This
0: is a, a tradies exclusive. Yes. I honestly didn't know that you were going to say this before we walked in. Okay. Hearing this for the first time, that's interesting. Yeah. I actually would have thought he would be the matchup for Jeremy Cameron.
1: You would have thought so, but it appears May that-
0: usually takes Hawkins and they yep. like using Lever as- The spare. The spare interceptor, which is yeah. you know, the best in the league at. So, Tomlinson omitted is- Harry Petty comes back. Uh, yeah. Wow. It's- okay.
1: Yeah. Which weaves nicely in a little segue into the yes. whiteboard in that he's a man- up for grabs this year, just like he was into last year. So has one year remaining on his deal for 2024. Take you back to his time at the Giants. 2018, seventh in the BNF behind these names. How about these? Whitfield, Ward, Davis, Cornelio, Haynes, Scheel. Jeez. He was seventh behind them in the BNF. The end of 2019 plays in the grand final at the Giants then requests a free agency move to Melbourne on a five-year deal. This is when the wingman was in vogue and Melbourne wanted to pair he and Ed Langdon together from 2020 onwards. Remember when Melbourne went and got Langdon and Tomlinson together as all, sort of like the wing pairing? Yeah.
0: And he had actually all but agreed to terms with St. Kilda Right at the end of the 2017 season before he was best on ground at a preliminary final. Is if right? Me- memory serves me correctly, in a losing game to Richmond, Okay, at the MCG in the wet. I that's right. That was I, the didn't, I, I didn't know you were going to talk Shield. about Tomlinson tonight. So I'm, I'm, but I'm almost, did po- play each other in that almost positive that Tomlinson was basically best on on the wing. That rings a bell now. Yeah, and he would. It already agreed to terms with then uh, COO of St Kilda, Amit Baines, right? Who was a big fan of Tomlinson's, and then Leon Cameron blocked it at the last minute and right. said, "I'm not losing the bloke who was basically best on ground for us." And he's obviously on a contract at the time. Under contract, yeah. So they held him to his contract, and he ends up, as you just said, a couple of years later at the Dees.
1: Yeah, and we're all talking this year about the stars in half backs. You know, Duda, who we'll get to in a moment, Harry Darcy Himmelberg, Moore. Darcy Moore. But sorry, in terms of uh, oh, sorry, tra- those oh, in the trade. market. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. So Duda, Himmelberg, even a yeah value is rising rapidly before that hamstring injury. Your man Ben McKay. Yeah, all those. Can't believe I didn't mention him. Mm, neither can I. Um so Tomlinson with one year left on his deal, it's around five hundred dollars to $600,000 a season mm-hmm. because he signed a good money. Yeah, he was on good cash. Yep. At the time when he moved from the Giants to the D's. But I think there's a market out there for a player like Adam Tomlinson, given he played well on King's birthday, has more than held his own in some big games this year. It just doesn't feel like they're, they're willing to have him in the team when you've got Petty,
0: May and Lever. And now with news that he's being dropped this week, you'd think Petty goes back. He's... He's a victim of a couple of things, one being the point you just made of playing in an excellent team, yeah. with, surrounded by stars, and the other point is his versatility is sometimes a curse in that they throw him around a lot. Yeah, I, I'm with you. If someone could say, hey, he's our second or third tall defender mm-hmm. who can play on the mobile bigger blokes week in, week out, he's a good pickup. Yep. And I want to put one
1: scenario to you. You told us a few weeks ago that the pies will have a look at Harry Himmelberg. On the open market, I know you've set up to $900,000, you know, seven to $900,000, let's Easily, say, somewhere yep. in there. If Adam Tomlinson's on 550, let's say, average this year. you get him for less than that. You could have that money, take him on at two or three years and actually smooth it out. So whereas you take him on for one year at 550 in 2024, you give him a two or three-year contract and you spread that out and say, actually, instead of 550 for one, we're going to give you 700 for two. So it's 350 on average. Yep. So less than the average wage. Yep. And a club like Collingwood in the market for a key back, contending at the top of the ladder with salary cap considerations, with a lot to, to move around with, you know, young players are going to have to start paying. It could be a smarter option for a club in the window with a tight salary it. cap. I love it. So he's one to watch. He was up for grabs last year. At that stage, he had two years left on his contract. Yeah, so people probably didn't want to go near him at the price. Yeah. Turns <laughs> 30 this year. So the age is a consideration, comes off the knee, but He's been pretty fit and raring
0: to go. Oh, he'd be, if you were putting together some sort of Ironman yeah. or you were putting together a, a 15K run through the woods, yeah. he'd finish top 10 in the competition, oh, you'd think.
1: Is it the top he's, three of all clubs' time trials?
0: You, you'd expect. Oh, yeah,
1: I, I wouldn't worry about how long he could play for. Yeah, solid citizen as well. Yep. Very so well there's just one name mates. to keep an eye on for the last uh, 10 to 12 weeks of the I season. Like given he's been dropped and was up for grabs in the last year.
0: Okay, so someone I've been wanting to put on the whiteboard for a while, I think it's worthwhile now to have this discussion, is Sean Darcy at Fremantle. Of okay. course, a product out of the Geelong Falcons. Mm-hmm. Um, story out of the West in between our episodes of last weekend, this week that um, Geelong are going to offer him a five-year, $5 million deal. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, I'm not disputing that story, but Geelong don't usually operate like that. They don't usually pay... Guys north of seven figures. Dangerfield probably an exception, but even he over the course of his career yeah. probably on less than a million dollars averaged out. Even Jeremy Cameron's lucky to be on that. Jeremy Cameron. I think he's around the 950 a yeah, year. Yeah, high 900s. Um, no doubt that, and, and you, you'll have a, a good lens on this, that Geelong are interested in Darcy. They're also interested in Tom DeConing, which you've mm-hmm. been pretty strong on. They're, he's a restricted free agent end of 2024, so That's he's good. that – Pre-agent, which I know that you wanted me to get into, I am learning. You know, yep, I'm, I'm taking notes and I'm going home and doing my homework. Apparently, a pre-agent is the year the before they go into free. Is that yeah? Okay, okay. Yeah. thank you very much. No, absolutely. No, so, so Sean Darcy, who's on, I believe, through making calls during the week, just shy of seven hundred thousand okay. dollars. So he's on good money without it being starter money, yep. and and he is seen in the competition as one of the ruck stars. Um, so, you'd think somewhere between 700 and the reported figure of a million dollars, depending on how much you rate him, is that hitting zone for him. Fife and Walters re signing each for two more years helps them just be a bit more flexible oh, yeah. with that sort of cash. No doubt Fremantle want to keep him and believe that he will stay, but he's an interesting one, and he doesn't need to make a decision because of his status. And his contract, and he can get to the end of the year, see where Freo finish, see where offers come his way, and you know we talked on Footy Classified this week about the coaching merry-go-round, that ruck merry-go-round that you've talked about. I think yeah. could be a really interesting one. I do firmly believe that Geelong, who've got Stanley and Segler as their two current ruck stocks, and famously not had a go-to ruckman for several years now. Yeah, I, I am strong in my belief that. They think that either Darcy or DeConing can be the okay. next one for them. They're very different Ruckman, aren't they? DeConing's more of that athletic Very type, different players. Whereas Darcy's more that hulking, crash and bash, but incredible around Would, the ground. Darcy's the proven Ruckman. Yeah. De Koning is not proven at anything yet, other than his upside is gigantic. Yeah. So he's the risk. But Darcy is has less upside, but you he's a proven product more. Mm-hmm. He's the known quantity yeah. more than DeConing is. So I think it's a fascinating one. I think with Stephen Wells and Andrew Mackey, basically at the helm of Geelong's list management, they'll make the right call. But I would put Essendon in the frame for just on the lookout, okay, seeing what's happening. And I wouldn't absolutely dismiss Carlton from the Sean Darcy yeah, okay. situation.
1: Even with Pitnett's four-year deal?
0: Yeah, but I, he's not on big money. Yeah. I don't think that's going to impact much. I think when you look at Carlton, you have to remember that McGovern's coming off his money. Jack Martin's coming off his money, and depending on who else they, you know, they look to, yeah, they look to move on. And I've got some interesting stuff on um, Carlton in over unders later in the show as well. But yeah, Sean Darcy, he's 24 years of age, he's in demand. He goes on the whiteboard. Just a couple to unpack from that. So just, you're saying Essendon?
1: There's one player there who's not known by many, but will be a guy to watch in the second half of the year. Is Nick Bryan? Yep. Can't really can't get a game behind Sam Draper and Andrew Phillips. Is he a pure Ruckman? Pure Ruckman, yep. mostly. A little bit, can go forward, but he's a, he's a
0: number one Ruckman or he's an out-and-out out Ruckman. He's not necessarily a forward Ruck. Yeah. The, the, so the reason I put Essendon in there is because they've got really good cap space. Yes. So their TPP, because of what's happened the last couple of years, is in a healthy position. Mm. And so what they can do with some of these players, and you know, also depend on what happens with Parrish, is that they can kind of just be one out and one back and pounce on situations late if they need to, or just, let them go. Yeah. So, so I think they're less likely to to get Darcy. Say, but what I'm telling you is that if he if he became available, yeah. Essendon have the ability. They've got the cash and they've got the resources. Yeah. And I think the the lure of what Brad Scott's been able to turn around in 12 months kind of just puts them in a good position.
1: Just on the bombers quickly. Thank you. Darcy Parish and Mason Redman. We had this conversation at the start of the year around their value, and I want to get back to the Sean Darcy thing. But we all thought, and I'll put my hand up, Essendon were going to be a bottom six team definitely they could be a top 6 team now yep changes things if one of those guys were to leave Redmond or parish which is every chance still yet to be re-signed and they've come off the buy yet to put pen to paper if would if either were to leave you would think they'd be a first round compensation pick mm. the conversation suddenly goes from march where we're thinking gee if one of them leaves it's a pick 5 or 6 if they don't match given both are restricted free agents to to now we're in july. june july hang on we could finish top 6 here that's a top Ten, twelve pick. It's so very different. Whereas I think the option of Essendon, given the sal- given the salary cap space you've spoken about, is very high now that they'll be able to match that. Like what the Giants did with Jeremy Cameron, in that knowing that the pick, they were, the one solitary pick they were going to get from the Jeremy Cameron was was not enough. Was not enough. Yeah, it sounds like it's pick one. Whereas if it was pick five or six, you probably accept that. But if it's pick twelve now. You probably almost match and force the other yep. team, given you've got the room in your own salary cap to force the match.
0: Yep. it's a good call. It's one of those things that goes. Goes missed, untalked about a lot. And just on Geelong around Darcy, I think what's also
1: forgotten, Geelong kept their first-round pick for this year, last year. So we remember what they did in the off-season last year. They went and got Tanner Bruin, Jack Bowes. They stocked up Ollie Mm. Henry as well. Mm. They went and got some young, good young talent. But the one thing they were steadfast on the whole time was keeping their 2023 first-round pick that they've currently got. Now, Geelong's sitting outside the eight right now. That's currently pick 10, pick nine. So I think... Many people thought what well, with Geelong's haul last year, they could easily have passed up that 2023 first-round pick. They've still got that. So if Darcy was to come up to, in conversations this year, they're armed with what could be a top-10 pick that, given their haul last year,
0: some fear they may not have actually entered 2023 with. How have we got 15 episodes in and we don't have a segment called Just Clearly? <laughs> it has to happen. You just think of that on the spot? On the spot. It's almost like I do radio full-time. <laughs> um. Just quickly, yes. before we move on to nuts and bolts, we should talk about a man who's already on the whiteboard and who gets who will now be talked about on a weekly basis until yeah. November. And that's Harley Reid. Yeah. Three goals in ten minutes on the weekend playing with Vic Country's first game back
1: since concussion. Really yeah. exciting game that was, under eighteen national championships. Yeah. This kid has shown that he can play through the midfield, but also go forward and play that, dare I say it, dusty roll out of the square. hmm <sighs> So the interest out of that game will be what his value becomes. Is it two first round picks? Is it three first round picks? West Coast, you think now have that first round pick? Just want to put one out there around Harley Reed, is a relationship he's got with a player at the Eagles, Noah Long, who was drafted out of the same area last year as a as a late pick rookie, okay, out of the Bendigo Pioneers. Now everyone's thinking is Harley Reed a, a flight risk? Do the Eagles need to split that pick? Yeah,
0: well Kane Corns wrote about that last week. Yeah, yep.
1: And I'm thinking there's every chance the Eagles definitely do pick that uh, split that first pick and they go for three or four other kids, you know, and, and really fast track their reboot with WA kids. But there's one kid there, Noah Long, who he played junior footy with last year at Bendigo, and they've got a relationship. It's just one other thing to consider that if this kid was to move from Tongala in Country Victoria all the way to WA, it hasn't been spoken around the relationship he's already got with a current Eagle, which would make life a little bit easier to move at St. Kilda this year, Isaac Keeler and Azai Wangane Miller, close friends. wanganee Miller stays for two more years. You go back a few years ago at Brisbane, the uh, Lions were concerned around the go home factor. They went and paired Hugh McCoggage and Jared Berry together mm. as they close.
0: That's what brought Lincoln McCarthy in yeah. with Lockie Neal.
1: Yeah. So just one name to consider
0: around the Harley Reid conversation no, I love, around I the like it. Yeah. So the the interesting thing from you, you play in this space space much more than I do, but speaking to my recruiting friends. Ooh. Harley kicked three in a short space of time, all sort of in and around the goal square. Mm -hmm. But Vic Country still got beaten. Yeah. So there's just Scotty Welsh's
1: son is eligible for next year's draft to the Crows. Kicked five,
0: Mm. five goals as a bottom major against a powerful Vic Country team. We we do get, and I'm saying we like I'm to use your terminology, putting out my hand again. We all do get swept up in pick one talk every year. And that term, that that word generational gets thrown around and this guy's going to change your fortunes. And and in some cases it does, right? Like, I mean, Sam Walsh made Carlton 15% better from the first game he played, really. And there have been plenty of examples of high picks having instant impact. I mean, look what Nick Dacos has done in his first year and a half, right? But the Harley Reid thing has to be, we do have to tread carefully, don't we? Like talking about how much- How much of a generational talent he will be. yeah given how poor the Eagles are as well? I think so. Yeah. And I've been strong on the show before that I just think the team that finishes bottom should just pick the best player. Yeah. Wherever they're
1: from. What if I was to tell you that of the top 14 kids in the country, three are WA kids. So if you traded one- big, Are they though? Well, there's definitely one kid, Dan Curtin, who's in the top five.
0: Yeah. I, I don't claim to know the other. if there's a- That's just a hypothetical. Yeah. Yep. so if I'm getting three inside 15 who are local boys, yep. or am I getting the best? So the, the one big country kid. Yeah, I'm getting the best. Okay. Yeah. Take the best, build around him. Yeah. I mean, West Coast is one of the most famous and the richest clubs in the land. I don't think they should have trouble convincing someone. Yeah. By the way, if you're playing in Perth, just live in Cottesloe. It's great. <laughs> Before Nuts and Bolts, one more. Tom Duda. Yes. In the same stable as the He's man you mentioned. He's on the whiteboard, isn't he? Yep. Yes, he is. He's your second man after Cosy Pickett on this show. So on that form, he's most likely to get spiked soon. Tom wow. Vito. wow, okay. Is that a self-pump-up? I think it was. No, no. The, the Cozzy one
1: got spiked yeah. pretty early. Yeah, it sounded like a pump-up. In the Phoenix management stable, along with your man, Sean Darcy, who you've just put up on your yes. whiteboard. So managed by um, Scott Lucas and
0: Winston Rouse. We're going to get a call from Scott this week for talking about their players.
1: I heard uh, he was on SCN actually talking, saying that he hasn't had any offer from Geelong around Sean Darcy. Just had some questions from some listeners around Tom Duday and his value now that he's done his ACL. So he's done his opposite ACL from the one he did three or four years ago mm. originally. Horrible story and horrible timing given he's a free agent this year. Plenty of people have asked, and I've spoken to a few player agents in the market around still out a contract second half of the year. What does that do for his value? Well, most people in the market think the Crows are going to stick with their offer to him which is good news for, for Tom Duday, then it comes into other clubs and where they sit. The feeling is around these scenarios and using other examples from previous players who have had injuries while being out of contract is that if you're a rival club who you've been chips in and chasing this guy hard, it won't affect your offer. So if you're a club who's been chasing Tom Duday for the best part of six, 12, 18 months and he's done his ACL, you can't pull out now. Mm. It's essentially you're in, you've put the offer to his management. It's essentially there. It's very, very, very rare that you would pull that offer or uh, reduce it. Do you it's, think that's right? I think so. It's more for those clubs who are on the fringe who are about to put an offer to the management or were keen to speak to Tom Duday later in the year who were just flirting with the idea, given the market of Himmelberg, Radicalier, Ben Mackay. Mm. Is he our guy? Is he not Is he not our guy? I think that's where it would start to hurt a bit around the right. offers and the, the, the timing of the knee. But overall, the Crows offer, we understand, uh, won't change a whole heap. And the, the clubs who were into him, again, I don't know who they are. I don't claim to know who's really hard chasing Tom Duday. if he chips in at this stage, it's very rare that the offer would be reduced. Nice.
0: Let's get to this. Okay, so Nuts and Bolts, we have been wanting to do this man for a long time, really since uh, the season started, mm. and that is Brody Grundy. Now, we, we both covered this story in its totality yep. through the journey of it. So we're going to do a duel, uh, Mitch and Sam, Nuts and Bolts. You okay with that? I'm you Excited, yeah. You ready? Okay, great. I'll, I'll start. So let, let me take it's like you- a, It's like a
1: radio two radio calls and you've got to wait for the other to finish and you
0: sort of pick up the cue when it's your turn in. Well, let's hope you pick up the cues. <laughs> let me take you back pre-season 2019. So I'm sorry, Collingwood fans, just a reminder. The, oh. the pies are seconds away from being premiers, right? They lose in the last minute of the game. It's tragic collingwood should have beaten west coast they didn't nathan buckley's no uh, not a premiership coach like they were so close to being so the pre-season they, they get over that loss you remember nathan buckley gave that speech talking about the book that he was reading the japanese put the courage to be disliked okay and you know they were they were very bullish about yes it was a missed opportunity but we can continue to, to compete at their upper uh, upper echelon so list management meeting months later they all come back they've They've, you know, licked the wounds. And Ned Guy, who's now at the AFL, who was list manager at Collingwood, we'll talk a little bit about, more about Ned as this goes on. And his team come to the conclusion that the list needs a little bit of work. And there were three names on a whiteboard. Darcy Moore, Jordan Goey, Brody Grundy. And the list management team came to the conclusion that in order for Collingwood to continue to compete at the top level, one of those players needed to leave. Right. That it was the right moment to cash in on one of them. They get something good back in the door, whether that's another player or draft, and most importantly, as we've talked about numerous of times on this sh- uh, pod, Mitch, the TPP would suffer unless one of them left. Yep. That wasn't resolved in that meeting. They they went through every each player pros cons. What does our list profile need the most? Three completely different players, right? All Australian ruckman, a guy who could play centre forward or centre half back. They the potential to be captain and an absolute wild card who was being talked about as the next Dustin Martin. Pretty hard to choose. And don't forget, Dugowie had a great final series that year, was special in that grand final. Yeah, what well, did he kicked Three goals, I think. Yeah, but I'm thinking that the course of the season, he would have kicked 45-plus goals in 2018.
1: Yeah. Like, it was his best season. Grundy had a great year, was the first of two straight All-Australians. Oh, yep. And
0: Darcy Moore was injured, missing. grand final. And best and fairest, yeah. Brody Grundy. 2018 and nine Because he won BNF. both years. Yep. yep. So months later, things changed. And list management said, we actually think – we can keep them. Right. We kick the can down the road a little bit with back-ending deals, which, by the way, very common. Mm-hmm. Right. We think we, we need to hold on to these three. We think we can do it. So that's pre-season 2019, bleeds into the 2019 season a little bit more. And then speculation is rife around if Brodie Grundy is going to sign or not. January 2020, he and his manager, Robbie Durazio, along with Ned Guy and Collingwood, come to a seven-year contract extension. And it wasn't without a lot of interest from other clubs. The Crows were massive
1: on him at the time. And as a pre agent in twenty nineteen, he's just gone and done back to back BNFs and back to back all Australians. So his currency, clearly top five or ten player in the competition at the time. And the Crows were coming with a seven year offer as well. And that's where the local
0: boy. Local boy South Australian. Yep.
1: And openly says he spends a lot of time back there and, and loves his time. Yep. In South Australia.
0: And the offer from Adelaide we believe was in the million dollar range. Yes. Similar to what he ended up getting at Collingwood. Yep
1: which I think was just under a million. Yeah. So there was never a chance he was actually leaving to Adelaide there. It was more for the next year. So he was a pre-agent 2019, becoming a free agent in 2020. The Pies board obviously knew about the interest from the Crows and jumped in.
0: Eddie McGuire still president at this yeah. stage.
1: And I'm told Eddie was very instrumental as part of this deal. And the yeah. board were huge in, in putting this 70 deal to him. Yeah. I mean, So Ned Guy... Everyone gets, uh, you know, Ned signed this deal way too much. But my read on the situation was as much as it was the footy department and the list management team, the board and the senior figures at Collingwood were very instrumental in ensuring Brodie Grundy stayed a Collingwood player and what they were hoping for, a magpie for life.
0: Yep. Now, we can get into the nitty-gritty inside of Nuts and Bolts as to whether that was the right decision from Collingwood at the time. I personally... You know, look. You and I try not to do this as much as we can because when you when you're talking about what people should have done in their jobs in hindsight, like it's very you know we're not we're not trying to say that we could do it better because we couldn't. Yeah. But in hindsight, calling Grundy's bluff a little bit and yeah. just offering him a five-year deal yeah. at slightly less money and basically saying, look, Brody, if you want to go back home for an extra. An extra two years at an extra hundred grand a year, you know, like after tax. If you want to do that, you're building a house here with your your partner. Like we want to keep you, but we need to do what's best for the footy club. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it didn't happen.
1: Just on that, if I'm calling it, I can also say the scenario where he's come off two BNFs and two All Australians, and he's, he's he's arguably your best player, 24, 25. Yeah. And if they're going to be contending again, like they would have been hoping for in 2020, that should he leave as a free agent to the Crows, that would have been a teens pick, not a top five pick. Mm.
0: Yeah, consequences Like, right? Yeah. Actions have consequences, as all list management decisions do. We get stuff right, we get stuff wrong. We're not going to get right into this because it's a nuts and bolts of its own, but the situation that ended up having was that, well, they keep more to go with Grundy. Who do they lose? Adam Trelaw. Adam Trelaw, which was a saga in itself. It played out very publicly. It was very messy for the footy club. It yeah. was very damaging. It hurt a lot of people, Adam being... One of them, yeah. He ends up lobbying at the Western Bulldogs. Not to mention Tom
1: Phillips and Jaden Stevenson in the same window too.
0: Right. So at the end of that long drawn out saga that saw basically um, Ned Guy, the Collingwood list manager, doing last minute deals with Tim Hazel, Adam Trelaw's manager, things got pretty narky. It was a very stressful situation. It was very damaging. Adam was talking out a bit against Bucks as well. Yeah, Bucks, Bucks was having was... to go on radio and talk about yeah. personal things that have happened with Trelaw. I think Tom Morris was at the forefront of reporting a lot about you know what was happening from the Trelaw camp. So Ned Guy leaves Collingwood, right? After the Trelaw deal goes down. After the Trelaw deal goes down. After that trade Ned Guy leaves. Which I think had been on the cards for a little while. Yeah. Yeah, it was probably just a bit much in the end. Um... Sorry, in terms of him wanting to get out and a few other things to play. Yeah, yeah but he since come back to the AFL. Graham Wright. Comes in. Yeah. For those that don't know, the regard in which Ryder he is held, long-term list manager at Hawthorne, um, seen as one of the gurus that helped put together a list that won them four flags in five years, in four flags in uh, 13, 14, 15, so four flags in seven or eight years. He lobs at Collingwood as- Head of footy. I think he was, was he brought in as list manager when- No, he was Was in- a different head of footy at the time? I'm Jeff Walsh remember. departed. So Jeff Walsh- long-term footy boss who was at St Kilda this year until family circumstances had to leave. They weren't ever there together? I don't believe so. Right, okay. So, Riley comes in and essentially, as we've talked about on this pod before, he's both yes. head of footy and list manager. Yeah. And he's one of the few that has the ability and also the the runs on the board to be able to do both. Now, it's no secret that Graham's come in, had a look at the list and said, we're in trouble here. Yeah. Our TPP's cooked. You know, even with Trollor leaving, we're still paying a fair chunk of his salary cap. We're, we're in trouble.
1: Yeah. So just for, just for timelines, Jeff Walsh left Collingwood November twenty twenty. Yeah. So a month after that trade period. Yep. Graham Wright that's comes right. in January twenty twenty one.
0: Okay. And right. he has a look at the list, which yep. is like that's that's his bread and butter. And mm-hmm. says, Well, guys, we've got we've kicked the can down the road for too long here and we need to regenerate. Yeah. So then it just starts slowly, didn't it, Mitch? It it just little words came out about, well, is Grundy gonna last the full contract? Do Collingwood really want that?
1: There was one quote that stood out to me through this whole process in the middle of 2021. It's when Eddie McGuire had left as well. So don't forget he left at the start of 2021. So
0: a lot of change at Collingwood. The Do Better Report yeah. is being, you know, it's, they're on the front and the back page of a lot of newspapers. Mark Corder had taken the reins as president at this time. Yes.
1: Long-time administrator on the board, a director, sorry, on the board at Collingwood. Gave a quote to Jack Nile in the middle parts of 2021 that, again, I'm paraphrasing here, essentially saying that in hindsight, if the board had its time again, we would have signed a four- or five-year deal for Brodie Grundy. Mm. And for me, I still remember reading that and thinking alarm telling. bells are going off.
0: Yep. So this is when you need good management, right? And he's got Paul Connors and Robbie DeRazio there, who we've talked about before. They get players from one club to another. So at the start of 2022, now remember, you've got all of COVID happening in the midst of this. So players are in hubs, you know, players are unhappy, players are shitty at what they're being made to do, slash blokes aren't getting games, but they're, you know, living away from their loved ones. It's it's a hard, hard yakka for everyone involved in and outside of footy. Then it becomes quite obvious midway through 2022 that this is this is on. He's unlikely yep. to stay. And Collingwood's rhetoric went from, well, we want him, he's a contracted player you know if brody wants to leave to no no hang on i'm not driving this one yeah you guys want me out because you want my money off the books now brody grundy is a very attractive player to a lot of teams he's even more attractive when the team that he is leaving is paying a fair chunk of his salary yeah so august 2022 brody grundy who's injured by the way so that's the other element to this story there's where- lots of strands And Darcy Cameron's form started to pick up. So
1: Collingwood had a picture right in front of them. They didn't even have to think about what a Collingwood side without Brodie Grundy was going to perform like. They saw it right in front of their eyes. And Darcy Cameron was performing for a team
0: that ultimately made a prelim. So he's got stress fractures in his ankle. Yeah. So he's not playing. But August 2022, who comes a knocking? Melbourne. And when Melbourne do this sort of stuff, they don't go half-assed at it. So they have a meeting. Simon Goodwin, coach. Alan Richardson, head of football. Max Gorn, the man that he'd shared all Australian blazers with. The other man that is talked about as the best player in the competition. And everyone's saying they couldn't play together. Tim you, Lamb as well, the list Tim manager. Tim Lamb, list the manager, was there. Demons. You can't have Gorn and Grundy together. And there were other teams sniffing around Grundy as well, weren't there, Mitch? The Giants? At this time, yep. Port Adelaide? Giants are one. Port Adelaide, another. Geelong. Geelong. And Geelong's interest and a of, was real. And a
1: lot of clubs here, and this is where the- the money scenario comes up where a lot of clubs were, were being told through Collingwood and the management of Brodie Grundy that Collingwood were willing to pay a large portion of this, around a third of his contract, around up to three hundred thousand dollars a season, is the money that rival clubs were telling other people in the industry.
0: Yep. So Brodie Grundy then goes to his manager and says, "I've just met with Melbourne. Yep. Unbelievable feeling. Get me there." And you know, you you tell us about the trade, Mitch. I mean, this is the most interesting part now. Is that Collingwood because of what they had done previously, yeah, and and it was a previous generation to Wrighty. So Graham Wright has less leverage in this situation that he wants. Twofold reason: one is that he wasn't there, yeah. So he has got to be seeing it objectively, as opposed to this is the deal that I did. And secondly, is that they had kind of lost control, yeah, of the situation because of Wrighty's first priority was the TPP needs to be under control. And In order for that, that to happen, we need to drop cash. Yeah. So, you know, I hate using this term because it, it wasn't that, but that that's the fire sale mentality. Oh, we like a good fire sale. Is that everything's got to go. Yeah. You know, like, come and come and give us your best offer. And why would it end up being
1: a mid-20s pick for Brodie Grundy? Yes. What? Why would Melbourne need to give up any more than that? Because when they go to negotiate with Collingwood, they know that the relationship between Collingwood and Brodie Grundy is over. It almost, to me, is the Jake Stringer scenario of when he left the Bulldogs. He wasn't walking back in there. The conversation had gone too far that it was gone beyond repair. Brodie still has a lot of friends and he's very close with Craig McRae and those at Collingwood still, but he was never walking back into that footy club. So Collingwood had lost all bargaining at the negotiation table and that's why people up in arms at Melbourne – we're not only getting an all Australian a dual all Australian ruckman for a pick in the twenties. Plus Collingwood are going to be paying two hundred to three hundred thousand dollars a season of that contract. I think it's even more than that, isn't it? I've had it put to me by multiple people that it's up to three hundred thousand dollars a season. Yeah, it could well be more than that. I think it's slightly more than that.
0: I, I was told it was a third. Yeah, or over. It's around there. Yeah. Yeah. I um I was at the Carlton Melbourne game a few weeks ago at the G. Yeah. And there was this guy standing in the standing room behind us who was just constantly yelling out at players. Like, if they turn the ball, you know how you get those fans? And it's just like, oh, my God. Anyway, there's a guy two seats down from me that I could tell was getting agitated at him. I couldn't tell whether he was Melbourne or Carlton. And, you know, Grundy picked up. I think he kicked out the full. And this bloke yelled out something like, oh, for goodness sake, Grundy, you're paying you a million bucks for that. (laughs) And this bloke, in half a second, right, like, the timing was magnificent just turned around and went, shut up, mate. No, you're not. Collingwood's paying half. (laughs) And everyone lost it in the members. Like it was so good. That's the educated footy fan now. It's the educated footy fan. So it's so funny, Mitch, how how these things Mm. happen. And, you know, Kane Corns is a big one for hating long-term deals. I come at it from a very different standpoint in that I actually quite like the long-term deals because what it does is it – gives you the ability to change their cash from year to year depending on what else you need to bring in. And that's vital at footy clubs is flexibility. You can't really do that over a two or three-year deal, but if you guarantee someone a large amount of money over a period of time and you give them security, the flexibility gives you to move around cash. The time when it blows up in your face is when one of two situations. One, they get a long-term injury. Yeah. Two, they, their form drops off at such an exponential rate. I don't even... Is exponential is positive. I don't know what the negative of exponential is. At such a rate that it is glaringly obvious that they are not worth nearly yeah. of what they have been paid. Now, now Grundy probably suffered from both of those things in that he got injured. He had the stress fractures in the ankle, but his form also dropped off yeah. and the game kind of changed around him. So it was a perfect storm. Yeah, I think clubs are more willing to give long-term deals and run the risk of, well, if it blows up in our face, we'll do a Collingwood, we'll do a GWS, we'll just get rid of them and cut our losses. Because yeah. because the risk is if we don't give them the long-term deal, they get it somewhere else. Yeah. And that's the game we're playing in at the moment. It is. So Melbourne give Petrarca and Oliver 15 years between them at $15 million bucks. Yeah, But their thinking is, at what point of the game is the, is the game not going to need Gun
1: midfielders. On that, though, is there, a, is there a part of it where if you're giving them the long-term deal, it's got to be just below market rate? Did, in hindsight, did Collingwood pay too much for Brodie Grundy? Yeah, they paid too
0: much. Whereas, they, but, but, but to your the point, market, they, got, they got caught up in the All-Australian, best yeah. and fairest, best recommend in the comp stuff. Yeah, uh, You can see how clubs get caught up. But plus, he was one of the most loved players at the club. Yeah, marketing... So it's easy cop. for us to sit here and say, well, you shouldn't have given Brodie Grundy seven years at $7 million. Because the argument against is, okay, mate, well, Adelaide would have. Yeah. So, so are you going to risk losing the best ruckman in the competition who's won your last two best and fairest? Yeah. You're going to risk because you don't want to give him two extra years? But the current trend says That's to the me, game of
1: chicken we play. Krishma Truck on the open market is probably worth
0: 1.2. So he signs at seven years and a million. At a one, yeah. Yeah. And he's- his manager goes to him and says, Christian, that's that's maybe it is slightly below what you're worth, but you don't know what kind of player you're going to be in four years, and it's yeah. security. So then that money there's is a chance that of pros are offering
1: him 1.1, and he signed for 9.50, so it could be the same scenario. I just think the 9.50 at the seven years, 8.50 would have made more sense. Again, he probably goes, so we're having a different conversation. But I just think the current trend of the long-term deals, like Eric would, you know, I don't claim kind to of know his exact figure, but I know for sure that Brisbane wouldn't have signed him on market rate at six or seven years, or whatever he signed for, it would be below what he would get on the open market because, for security for the club, you're saving money in your
0: TPP for the long term. Mm. List managers are essentially risk managers. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Uh, that's what they specialise in, risk management. Yeah. What's this guy worth? Well, it's what's he worth to us versus what are we what are we willing to risk letting him go for? That that's pretty much all it is. Yeah, and I say pretty much all it is. These guys are masters of that domain. And it's why the best list managers are always hunted. I mean, Graham Wright. The clubs have been trying to get Graham Wright to their footy clubs for years mm. and years and years. The thing about the best list managers right now.
1: Every list manager in the comp is trying to drive their car blindfolded because they don't know what the they don't know what the CBA is looking like. They so don't, what's going to go up slowly, right? It will, but you know, how do you plan for
0: twenty twenty six if you don't know? Is you know, is the CBA the thing with, the thing the, with that though? Mitch is that everyone's playing. The, but like it's the same. That's it's gonna be the same for everyone. So it's a little bit of a cop out to say we're flying blind, isn't it? But but Collingwood, Collingwood's in a different predicament with it's list than Hawthorne
1: right now. You know, that, 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 absolutely, they're all playing on the same field in terms of they all get the same figures. But the scenario where Collingwood, I think, you know, the shuffling of money like we just spoke about with Grundy is different for some clubs than say Hawthorne or North Melbourne right now. Yep. So yeah, they're partly flying blind.
0: Maybe maybe like the pirate with one eye. Wow, that's the metaphor you're going with. Yeah, the pirate. Yeah. Were you a Pirates of the Caribbean man? Nah, no. I was. Okay, I was really into the whole Johnny Depp, yeah, right, Orlando Bloom scene. It fell off a cliff after the first two movies, in fairness. But it was, it was in its, yeah, okay, it owned its hitting zone for that little little part. Just you'll be embarrassed by some of the movies that I have not seen. Give me your worst one. <laughs> Star Wars. You haven't seen Star Wars? No. Fuck sake. Okay, I can handle Star Wars because it's a bit. It's a. It's not for everyone's cup of tea. Give me you another one. Hang on, let me give me some time. I'm going to get to the end of the pod, and we're going to yeah. get, throw five okay. movies at you. Yeah. Okay, let's talk over unders. Yeah. a little bit. I really enjoyed our media segment last week, but we Did can't you get any calls after we, that? No, that's a good sign. No like, call. Although I am, I have been reliably told that I am sort of enemy number one at Carlton. I hope it's not with Nick Austin though, because I didn't say anything mean about him. Right. So I've never said anything negative about their list management.
1: I think their list manager has been good. It's just
0: the development and the. The players not standing up for what's going on. In fact, funny you should say, I'm actually talking about Carlton in over unders. <laughs> now there there seems to be this segways game, isn't it? This erroneous thought that Adam Chera is on three quarters of a million dollars. We spoke about him earlier in the year, didn't we? Yeah. In this very segment. Yeah. He he's not. Right. So I've done a little bit of work on it. Adam Chera's deal with Carlton over the course of its longevity is five hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Five fifty. Okay. So Keeping in a... mind that the average wage is four oh seven. Yeah. Now Adam Chereau would be winning Carlton's best and fairest quite comfortably at the moment in front of Charlie Kuno. Okay. Yeah. A lot would have to go wrong for him not to win his first John Nichols medal. That is an outstanding acquisition, given that they are paying Cripps a million, Kuno over a million, Mackay nearly a million. Yeah. Walsh a lot, Wiedering a lot, Sard a lot, McGovern a lot, and a guy who's on five fifty wins your B and F. That's a big tick for list management.
1: It is. Someone tells me that you've got a call from Carlton this week after haven't. No,
0: no, no. This is my point. I, no one will. No, I don't think I'll be getting calls from Carlton for right. a long, long time. It's the opposite. No, he has been good, in, especially in the last month, Adam Chera. Yeah, and there's. Good I, thought, I, I even thought he was good earlier in the year when they were getting. Yeah. when they were getting well beaten. To well, be honest, the interesting part of him is he actually knocked back more money to to stay. To, yeah, I think Freo I, were offering more money. I think Freo than what were offering. Carlton. Freo's offer had a seven in front of it. Yeah, so that's a lot of money for a man in his early twenties to knock back, mm. out, isn't it? You can see how Melbourne came into the picture
1: late for him too. Yeah, they had a zoom with
0: him when they were over in when they were over in Perth preparing yeah. for finals.
1: I got a uh, message direct on Twitter today from Ryan, who's a big fan of the show. Okay, thank you, Ryan. Hey, Mitch, massive fan of tradies. Just wondering, how much would Josh Dakos be on this year? Mm. He's playing like a seven hundred to eight hundred thousand dollars a year player and borderline all Australian. Very good point. That's a good
0: point. How much would he be on Mitchell? I reckon he'd be on five fifty to six fifty. Yeah, I'm not even sure he'd be on that much. Would he? When did he sign his last deal? Question without notice. A year or two back. Yeah, I should have checked this out. Because he wasn't. He, he wasn't. He was playing good football, but yeah. he struggled a little bit in the latter of Nathan Buckley days. In fact, I think his, his father um, Peter even sort of said that that they weren't utilising him as well as they could have. He signed this time last year, and he was an oh, okay. Australian squad. Member yeah. Last okay. Year. So so he signed at the perfect time. So yeah, yeah he's probably on the ex- exactly what you said. Yeah. Somewhere over five fifty. Yeah, and he's. And he's going under the radar. To Ryan's point, he's playing. Yeah, he's playing what twenty percent above that. Yeah, and Nick gets all the portits, Has every chance. Josh is an
1: all-Australian squad member again. Could even be in the team. Imagine if if there's two Dacos in the team. If Kane and the
0: all-Australian members want to go with designated wingers, (laughs) well, don't get me started on that. (laughs) Uh, I think we're just about done. So you haven't seen Star Wars, which is which is concerning. Oh yeah, have you seen Shawshank Redemption? Yes. Okay, so number one rated movie on IMDb, which is. Bullshit, because it shouldn't be, but it's a good movie. Where would you have it? Somewhere outside 50. Um, Titanic? You'll never take my freedom. Thank you. Titanic? I've seen that. Oh, okay. So it's not... It's it's not too bad. Have you seen Jaws? Yeah. Okay. He's, the sci-fi scenes aren't really my go. That's like okay. It's okay. You don't have to yeah. see all of the movies. Yeah. You just make sure you see the important ones. Yeah. Have you seen The Departed? No. Yeah, see, the issue's here. Even Scotty, our producer's not... Do you know here. who's in The Departed? Is Tom Cruise in The Departed? Oh, my- I just plucked the name out of nowhere. Okay, so can, can we have a little bit of tradies homework? Yeah. Can you this week, Mickey Arthur style, sit with Kate? Yeah. And watch the Depart.
1: This week I've got the Ashes. No, no, no. Okay. Kate's looking. Kate's watching a lot of Ascot races. Right.
0: Big, busy week on our screen at home. So Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. Okay. Matt Damon. It's a good cast. Mark Wahlberg. Alec Baldwin. Jeez, how are they fit in all these No, the TPP? At- Martin, Martin Sheen at the department. Well, they don't. They don't have. <laughs> they have an open salary cap in, in in Hollywood, and they pay lots. Martin Scorsese directing. Okay.
1: Just, can you? I'll find it. I'll find a window. Are you sure? Yeah. What's it on? What's the
0: local provider? Netflix. Stan. <sighs> Actually, it's a great great question. Are you across this website? You would be because you clearly don't watch movies. For those of our listeners who like watching movies or TV shows, there's a great website that i forget who put me onto this called just watch okay just justwatch.com.au it's an australian website and you can look up any movie or tv show and it'll tell you at any given time what streaming service it's on so so the departed's on all of them netflix binge stan have you got any of those netflix yeah yeah so it's on netflix yeah so this time next week you have to go have and gone and seen the departed okay i'll give a review it, next week it got nominated for that many academy awards it's not funny and it won a few as well. I can't remember exactly what it won. It didn't win Best Picture, did it, Scotty? Our, our producer is a bit of a movie aficionado as well. It won four Oscars. Okay, just a good, uh, good resume. It's like grundy like with these two Australians and two BNFs. What does your next seven days look like? So it won Best Picture, Best Director, Best Adapted Screenplay, Best Film Editing. Uh, my week. What does my week look like? It's an excellent question. I need to find something else to write in my column. Oh yeah which is just, it's doing my head in to be to be perfectly frank. Um, it's aging me and I already look older than I am. I've gone from a 31 year old natural looking like 40 and now I look like I'm almost 50. Yeah. I'm struggling. How many phone calls are we talking about tomorrow? Why, I don't have anything and I made at least
1: 20 today. All it takes is one.
0: All it takes is one. That's my motto each day as I wake up. I learn, I learn something new from Mitch every <laughs> single week. That does it for this episode of The Tradies. Thank you for joining us. Follow us on Spotify, iHeart, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you'd like to ask us a question, hit us up on Twitter at Cleary underscore Mitch or via Tradies Instagram and TikTok accounts at Tradies Podcast. Thanks, Mitch. Thank you. See you next week. Thank you for listening to another Producey podcast. If you enjoyed the show, it would be a massive help if you could like, follow, rate, subscribe, tap the bell, leave a review, or even share it with your friends. So if you want to get in touch, share feedback, suggestions, or to advertise with one of our podcasts, then simply email hello at com. Thanks for tuning in.